caregiver never gets a day off, ever. You might get a few hours off, but you're constantly on watch. Even when you're at work you know, or when you're driving, they are just forefront in your mind. What are they going to need tomorrow? What are they going to need when you go home after a 12-hour shift? It's about the patient and not about the caregiver. I have to let it go, and that's why sometimes I come here and I start crying or, you know, I vent to get it out, to get it out. Those are the voices of caregivers. In this edition of Health Story, Marlon Henderson, Kathy Breitenbach, and Karen Palmer describe their experiences and explain how a caregiver's program at Northwell Health's Peconic Bay Medical Center helped them and is helping them share compassion and wisdom with fellow caregivers. Hi, I'm David North. We'll also visit the impressive Caregiver Center at the hospital in Riverhead, New York, and discuss resources available to those caring for loved ones as they enter and transition home from hospitals. First, the story of Marland Henderson. His wife, Jean, began exhibiting symptoms of Alzheimer's disease at age 58. Jean died about a year before our conversation. About 10 years ago, uh, my wife started having difficulty remembering where she was going. When she would come home sometimes, late, especially in wintertime when it gets dark, she would miss the driveway to our home, saying she couldn't see it. So we made some things better for her. We put lights up by the driveway so that she could see the lights and then she would know where to drive. And we all laughed it off as being, you know, something silly. Uh, she would drive to work and she would wind up, she worked in Southhold, New York as a school teacher and she would find herself in Greenport running out of space and she would have to turn around and she would laugh at herself. Jean's journey to Greenport was no laughing matter. The community is at the very end of Long Island's North Fork, far east of their home in Kutchog, near the edge of the ocean. The incident indicated Jean's and Marlin's caregiver experience was only beginning. It became more serious when she called me once and said to me, I can't remember how to unlock the car. When she basically told that she couldn't teach anymore, she went into a, a great depression. And she literally, for almost a year, laid on the couch and cried. Marlon found some local assistance, but most programs were miles, some hours away. Some loyal friends and coworkers stepped up to help him and to keep a social life for Jean, but he says too many others vanished. One of the greatest angers that I had to deal with, many of the people who we counted as friends abandoned her, literally. It hurt us both deeply that no one would, would come because of the fear I think that's associated with Alzheimer's because the, my education about Alzheimer's was woefully lacking. 
until I began to learn and research and try to understand what was happening to my wife. She was falling away from me very quickly, and it hurt. Marlon began his career as a history teacher. Can you imagine that voice in a classroom? And later taught special education. He drew on his special ed experience and his natural spirit of empathy, then educated himself about Alzheimer's and about strategies for keeping them both well. Marlon had willing, loving family members, but distance and obligations meant he would need more help. I had to let my pride go. I had to drop that. Uh, so there were a lot of phone calls, a lot of talking, a lot of just uh, learning what the community had to offer. Marlon's research connected him with caregivers. During that time, he also took on a project for Gene and perhaps for himself. Gene loved to paint. He converted a room in their home into a well-lighted studio space for her to engage in a peaceful, joyful activity, a place she could share with friends who continued to visit and care. Their visits and Marlon's time with other caregivers were moments that helped him stay strong for his partner and for himself. The caregiver never gets a day off, ever. You might get a few hours off but you're constantly on watch, even when you're sleeping. When you're sleeping, you're worrying about whether or not some of the aspects of Alzheimer's are gonna strike your loved one, in as much that they are given to wandering. But I never let her get that far away from me. But Jean did go away. Seven years after her diagnosis, Jean died at age 65. And Marlon again turned to caregivers. I learned about the bereavement care that was being given here at Peconic Bay Medical Center. Instead of being a giving person, I needed to absorb a lot of love and a lot of uh, sympathy. And it was coming from people who had endured the same problems that I had, perhaps not just Alzheimer's, but also with people who had died from heart attacks, sudden deaths, and everyone had something to share about their experience, not only as a caregiver, but as the, the spouse or the loved one of somebody who's passed. And I knew from having been in their caregiver center that there were some very open minds and people who would listen and allow me to shed tears and to tell my story to them and listen to their stories and offer support to them. Everyone has a story and I think Jean's story needed to be told. Marlon continues mourning his Jean and will continue to help. After his master's class in caring, he was invited to become a volunteer caregiver coach. Once a teacher, always a teacher. Just as one may imagine, Marlon's experiences as a special ed teacher would be an advantage in his role as a caregiver, one may imagine after 40 years in nursing, Kathy Breitenbach would be prepared for the challenges of her recent role as a caregiver for her mother and also for her husband, 
She and her husband, Jim, had invited Kathy's mom into their home in Riverhead, New York, several years ago, when Jim was well and mom had become forgetful. For a few years, she was fine. She was still independent. You know, and then as the years went on, she needed more help. And that's what we were there for. Luckily, my husband had retired, and he was able to take care of her during the day. And it was, it was an adjustment for both of us. But, you know, it was a team. We were a team. About two years after my mom moved in, my husband became ill. He had felt a lump in his neck. Turned out after, you know, the workup, um, he had a um, metastatic cancer of the lymph node, which required a major surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. He had a feeding tube. And of course, now my mom isn't doing that well, so I was hands-on with both of them at the same time. So, and still working. So it was, it was a, um, a feat. It was a very, very hard time. Kathy reminds nurses are caregivers, putting a patient's needs first. But listen to the sound of relief in her voice as she describes her experience among fellow caregivers at Northwell's Peconic Bay Medical Center. The support firms are wonderful because you keep everything inside, and then when you come to these meetings, you let it all out, and it's like 100 pounds lifted off your shoulders. Yes, I had family and I had friends, but they only do so much. Everybody had their own career, their own life, their own children, their own family, or maybe their own caretaking that they were doing. And it, it was just a, um, a group of individuals that knew what you were doing and that can relate completely to what you were going through. So I, I think... The program here is astonishing. Kathy's mom passed away. She says her husband, Jim, is five years clear. Kathy remains a volunteer caregiver and coach. The help she received when she needed it helps her keep and share the love and satisfaction of being a caregiver. As a caregiver for my mom, even when you're at work or you know, when you're driving, they are just forefront in your mind. You know, I used to get home at 9 o'clock at night. My mom would wait up for me, and I would put her to bed and get her pajamas on, and, you know, that's like till 11 p.m., <laughs> you know. But looking back on it, I wouldn't have changed a thing. That's my mom. You're listening to Health Story and the stories of caregivers who found each other through the Caregiver Center at Northwell Health's Peconic Bay Medical Center in Riverhead, New York. Hi, I'm David North. We'll meet two of the program's Caring Guides and learn about a New York State law enacted on behalf of caregivers. First, a look at the center. The actual space is a meeting place for sharing information and strategies for the cared for and as an oasis for the weary caregiver. Its location in the main lobby adjacent to the reception desk is a powerful case for the value and esteem the hospital community holds for its caregivers. 
Its design theme features images of woods and wetlands, fields and forests, and of shorelines typical of eastern Long Island. The entryway is a cheerful, bright space. The conference room is comfortably efficient, and the lounge is a sanctuary, softly, warmly lighted with a place to charge a laptop or phone, or to recharge oneself with a rest or a healthy snack and a caffeinated beverage. They have decaf too. Caregiver Karen Palmer met me in the conference room and described her health story, as shared with her husband Tom, a former policeman who was described to me as a quadriplegic. Kathy says Tom was severely injured when thrown down a flight of stairs while on duty in New York City. His injury was compounded, and he lost mobility several years ago after crashing his bicycle during a visit to his sister's home in Florida. Karen remembers being awakened that night. And I, I thought I heard something. And I, I'd look, and, I didn't, and then I'd go back to bed, and then I'd hear something again. And then finally I walked out, and I see like something on the ground, and it was Tom. If I hadn't found him, it could have been a different thing. Did I mention the conference room is well stocked with tissues for tears? Karen says Tom had back surgery in Florida, and they returned to New York, but they were concerned with issues he was experiencing, including trouble grasping objects, dropping things, and the day he attempted to climb a ladder but was frozen in place and unable to come down. You know, we went back to our doctors. He started physical therapy up here, and the physical therapist said to him, he says, Tom, you're not progressing. You know, now you have to prepare for what your life is going to be now. What their lives would be like together. Tom and Karen would encounter and cope with changed plans, sudden trips to the emergency department, prescriptions, setbacks, sepsis, seizures, ADA-certified repairs for appliances and vehicles, and the often incomprehensibly inconsistent demands of insurers. Karen said even when loved ones offered them a getaway, the demands of packing and transporting gear vital for Tom while knowing they could be interrupted by a crisis, was stressful for her. Karen is no stranger to coping. She is a 14-year survivor of uterine cancer, but says she's anxious about undergoing surgery soon for cataracts, who will care for Tom and for Karen as she recovers. It's about the patient and not about the caregiver. I have to let it go, and that's why sometimes I come here and I start crying, or, you know, I vent to get it out, to get it out. Still, Karen found time to explain why everyone needs caregivers. It's valuable because somebody might get, get something out of your story. You know, you, you, have, you have other people that are going through things. You're hearing their stories, and that's a good thing, that you know you're not alone. Now, let's meet some of the people who care for the caregiver program at Peconic Bay Medical Center. Former nurse and caregiver volunteer coach Kathy Breitenbeck, who spoke with her earlier, led me into the kitchen area where we encountered the director of the caregiver center, Tara Anglin. 
Hi. How are you, doll? I'm good. Thank you for doing that. Okay. <laughs> She's amazing, right? <laughs> All right, I'll see you Love you, Kath. tomorrow. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Tara led me back into the conference room to confer about caregivers, its history and its mission, and the decision to place the caregiver center at the hospital entrance. It's important because it lets caregivers know right when they come into the hospital how important this is for them and that it's important for us that they know there's people and a place that is here to help them. What we know is caregivers have distinct and unique needs that are separate and different from the patient. So a lot of times caregivers don't um, identify what they're struggling with because they don't want the patient to see or understand that there's a stress or burden sometimes in being a caregiver. So they often keep that to themselves and most of their access time with nurses and social workers in the hospital is around the patient. So it was important that support for them is distinct and separate um, from the patient so that it gives them an opportunity to step away from the bedside of the patient and have uh, staff who are designated or peer volunteers who are designated to just what they're going through and their needs. Um, We asked our staff how many of them had been a family caregiver. And more than 75% of our staff acknowledged that they either were or had been a family caregiver. Tara says among staff members surveyed, 80% say the program helps them in their roles, including as social workers, nurses, and physicians. The caregiver center concept, as executed at Peconic Bay Medical Center, is a model for Long Island, but is inspired by the Ken Hamilton Caregiver Center at Northwell Health's Northern Westchester Hospital. Our program is incredible as it is. We're the first family caregiver center in a hospital in Long Island, but we're modeled after the first in the country, which is the Ken Hamilton Caregiver Center at Northern Westchester Hospital. So that is the first center that opened in a hospital in 2006. We're full of gratitude here that they really helped to mentor and guide us in creating this beautiful caregiver center that you see today. I see a gift from Judith Jedlica in memory of her father, Henry, mm-hmm. a beautiful legacy. It, it really is an impressive place. Judy Jedlica was the original founding donor to start the center, and she worked in, uh, spent her career working in uh, the arts and philanthropy and fundraising for nonprofits to help bring arts to people. And her experience as a caregiver for her dad was so overwhelming to her that when she came to the hospital here and saw what um, support we were doing for family caregivers, she wanted there to be a home for that. Another guiding force at the Peconic Bay Medical Center's Caregiver Center is Vincent Ortolani. He is its social work coordinator and is largely responsible for reaching out to be sure caregivers are supported throughout an extensive region. Vinny says the Stay in Touch program is a means of conquering distances, primarily by telephone for now, and meeting the unique demands of individual caregivers, including language and culture, or an inability to leave a neighbor or loved one alone while attending a meeting or group session at the caregiver center. When we call, we are really focused on the caregiver themselves and not the patient to make sure that we're attending to what their needs are, not what the patient's needs are. Um, Sometimes the caregiver's needs are the patient's uh, well-being, 
but oftentimes we're just trying to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, making sure that they're getting the, the medical help, their uh, emotional help, um, everything that the caregiver themselves would need. And what of the many, many ways we communicate today and for the foreseeable future? Vinny agrees not everyone is a telephone person and not everyone can be available for a call. He says caregiver resources are also available on demand. A caregiver getting away from their loved one is definitely not always possible. We will have all of the educational seminars that we have in the hospital be live streamed to Facebook for all of caregivers to be there. So not only does this kind of broaden uh, the amount of people who can see it, but they can go back and actually rewatch the broadcast. Um, and from there, they can always reach out to the Caregiver Center, get more information. If you are a caregiver, no one, or want to prepare for the role, Tara Anglum has a word about a New York state law, the CARE Act. Caregivers are identified uh, by staff. So staff are taught to uh, look to see who is the caregiver for a patient, use that language, help them learn to identify themselves as a caregiver, and teach them that that gives them uh, more access to information under the regulation. And that's important because, because of HIPAA, it's very significant that we always protect patients' information. But when patients identify that they have a caregiver, uh, this act allows us to share information with them, uh, which is the best for the patient. As I said, that's really the heart of it. The caregiver is part of the care team for the patient. New York's CARE Act was enacted in 2016. It serves more than two and a half million people caring for loved ones as they enter and transition home from hospitals. Chances are each of us will find ourselves in a caregiver's situation or will know a friend or loved one in a caregiver's role. Each of our authorities on the subject says we can be most helpful by asking how we can help, what sort of help would be most useful and welcomed. It's a question that shows we care. Longtime nurse and caregiver coach Kathy Breitenbach says the door is open to do more. People like to help people. I think it's a basic instinct to help people. If you have never done it, it's worth trying. You know, you may just fall in love with it. You may find a outlet that you never thought you'd be wonderful at. Sometimes all it takes is a moment to listen. Thank you for listening to this edition of Health Story. The program is produced at the studios of New York Institute of Technology. Our technical director is Andre Doughty. I'm David North. Take care. Be well. Look north at northwell.edu.